1: This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to All Elite Wrestling and the Elite Extended Universe. I'm A-B, and this week that means Aaron's back, baby. A-B-B, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. Uh, I'm here. I'm back. I'm also joined, of course, by Mike. What's up, Mike?
2: hey y'all it's your old pal Aaron Max spears i'm doing all right you know uh before we got going i was having a lot of uh pudge moments th- today during this show but you know everything else here is going pretty well uh got a new fancy boom arm that i'm very excited about that i spent approximately five minutes with aaron as he was <laughs> trying to do something else as i was trying to adjust it to make it sound all right but i'm doing okay uh How are you now, Aaron, now that you're back into the thick of things? You've escaped the Sea Org, and now you're back amongst the living.
1: I'm okay. This is my third podcast of the day, which uh, I don't enjoy. I'm not happy about, but I'm happy to be here. I missed doing the show last week. I went a little crazy on light this morning because I I missed the show so much. I got a new tattoo, and it's uh, they do this gimmick now where they just like wrap it. You just put it in this shit for like five days and it uh looks insane it feels insane and i hate that so uh that's pretty much it but uh so wait i'm sorry
2: this is like the replacement for a and d instead of using like a and d or other sort of stuff now they have like a sleeve you put on after for aftercare
1: so you clean it you let it dry completely you don't put anything over it and then you do this uh stuff that's like it's for wound care, where you just, right. it's, they're like little plastic sheets that like stick to your skin, uh, and you just leave them on there for five days, so that's well, what I'm doing go. right now.
2: Fair enough. Sorry. I just, yes. the, just point of information there.
1: Sure. Uh, Nate is also here, aka Epitasis. How are you, Nate?
3: I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm a little annoyed, first of all, that we're not getting Grumpy Aaron. I was promised Grumpy Aaron on today's AEW Lite, and you're clearly... Uh, not very grumpy. So I think that's false advertising. Uh, I think the fans have gotten used to Aaron being in a uh, state of mm, what's a semi-diplomatic word to use here, uh, disgruntledness, uh, and I think you're uh, you're letting everybody down by being in a good mood.
1: I don't know what happened. It's been an awful day. Um, I think I can trace it, actually. So work has been insane lately. And so that's led me to basically having to work all day today when I wasn't podcasting. And I don't like working on the weekend, frankly. I don't like working in the evenings, which I have been. But, friends, uh, after I got done working and did my second podcast, I took a little walk to a little place down the street called Dairy Castle. And I got some ice cream.
3: Dairy Uh, Castle.
1: Dairy Castle with a K. (laughs) And it's it's this amazing place that's, you know, like, I don't know, half a mile from my house. (laughs) And they have like the biggest menu you could possibly imagine. And what I got was what they call a flurry, which is like, you know, a mech flurry or a what does Dairy Queen call them? Blizzard. Uh, A blizzard. And it is so good. And that, I think, really turned my day around
3: well that will do it a a knockoff blizzard um will cure what ails you now i'm guessing by the uh by the branding here by the by the name mark uh that this place was at one called one time called dairy king and then they had were forced to change it by the dairy queen corporation so they went with dairy castle but with a k so they're really coming as close to infringing on that trademark as possible.
1: <laughs> well, I will say I, I posted a picture on my Instagram story that I was at Dairy Castle, and a friend of mine who went to high school in Louisville, who is about the same age as me, said that she used to go to Dairy Castle, uh, go to there from her high school. So I think it's been called Dairy Castle for at hmm. least the past 20 years. That doesn't mean they weren't originally called something else, of course. No, but. yeah,
3: the king, uh, the the K makes me... Why, yeah. why else have a K?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, are, are we not going to roast Aaron for calling it a, a Mac Flurry? I don't know where like, that are, came from, honestly.
1: Yeah. When it came out of my mouth.
3: I didn't notice.
1: I was quest- <laughs> I was skeptical of having said it, but
3: uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was more focused on, uh, I, was, I right. was thinking about whether I wanted to split the hair of how similar a, a McFlurry and a Blizzard oh, sure. really are i think there's sure. a pretty significant difference there, there is there, there is there's a okay. huge difference i, I was, mean i was gonna leave it alone well, yeah. but now we're here
1: this, this product is much closer to a blizzard i want to be very clear about that Good. but they call it Good. a flurry yeah, okay so i just you know i had to at least recognize that it's close to the mcflurry branding
3: yeah i mean are you ever you're, you're never actually getting excited for a mcflurry you're kind of no. like you're kind of like well i can't get a blizzard here at, at mcdonald's Uh, But I can get uh, something approximating ice cream. And then you have it and then you're like, that wasn't worth it at all. No.
1: Literally the only time I would get a McFlurry is if Dairy Queen is closed. There's no Dairy Queen around. It's like, like, well, fuck, I guess if I can't, if I can't literally, there's no way for me to go to a Dairy Queen, I will get a McFlurry. But this Flurry at the Dairy Castle uh, is just as good as a Blizzard, honestly okay yeah it's a it's a great thing it's so exciting it turned my day around a little and then uh, this episode of dynamite didn't piss me off as much as i felt pissed off i think these like friday dynamites
3: i, 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 it, uh, I, it, I might even call it a good episode of dynamite i don't know if i'm uh you know uh, out on a limb there, going crazy
1: no i think it was good i think it was good uh but these friday dynamites have really pissed me off i mean they've been bad <laughs> And I wasn't excited about having to watch the show on a Saturday night, to be honest. And uh, but it came through, so I, I'm in a better mood than I have any right to be. So.
3: How is everybody's uh, Bosch watching coming? I haven't had a chance to watch
1: any yet. Uh, yeah, Mike?
2: I I mean I just got an Xbox Series X, so congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to get one. Somehow, without paying anyone for a Finder's fee with it. So I, I've been caught up with that lately. You know how long it takes to download two terabytes worth of games from Game Pass?
3: Um, I do, because I, I do download games more than I play them. Right, um, yes. Although, I have to say, so I, I, when I got my Series X, I was upgrading from the, from the free Xbox X that I won from Taco Bell.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah.
3: And they, they did some magic where I literally just unplugged one, not even from the wall. I unplugged one from the power, the power cord. They used the same power cord. Yeah. So I just I just plugged in the old power cord, plugged in the old HDMI cable, and then I logged in. And then it, I don't know how they did it, but it felt like everything was on there and ready to play within moments. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing technological feat by the good people, in my
2: well, congratulations, good for you. I have not owned an Xbox since the 360, so I had a lot of work to do. And then you you get to go see your game score and everything. So like if you're someone like me who just sat out, like I was not touching the Xbox whatsoever, I but the Xbox Series X, I was like, "You know what? Game Pass makes sense for me." I I went back and like looked at like the games I was playing like in 2007 and 2008. And I'm like, "All right, really was into Army of One for a little bit." don't know why not a good game but i got 300 gamer score out of it so there i go
3: yeah that was a trip down memory lane i was like wow i played a tigerwood pga golf game for 40 hours in you know 2008 that doesn't sound like me but sure
1: mike i hate to blow up your spot here but when you posted about buying the series x i first of all had no clue what it was and i googled it uh and it looks very expensive I, i'm just curious to how you were able to come across one for and unless you paid some insane price for it
2: no uh i there is their twitter accounts that track the oh, this is like
1: the the wario account right mm-hmm. right yeah 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 okay. and
2: i was able to catch one on the right day and i was able to get into okay. my cart and i was to be completely honest i was expecting not to get it and i was expecting it to get refunded but it showed up at my doorstep two days ago so there i go exactly
3: i do think the the people at hard drive mag stole my wario 64 joke i don't know if you saw that one you know i I do these i do these fantastic jokes probably like the best shit on twitter and they get like eight faves or whatever and then hard drive mag or some big account will post the same thing like a week later and get like sixty two thousand faves um but but yeah um this is a this is an ongoing problem been going on 10 years at this point uh but it was that we needed a wario 64 for vaccines because he i do fucking, remember that tweet yeah i do remember that and then hard drive mag did a story literally like two days later that was like this exact same thing anyway that's a that's a story about a tweet that i did <laughs> it's not really a story new um, season of Bosch, uh pretty good yeah the, how the, far into it are you i think four episodes okay um the Bo- the Bosch and maddie scenes are like worse than ever um, but I enjoy their badness. Like when they have their stupid, heartfelt conversations on the gorgeous, you know, uh, overlook of Los Angeles, um, just unbelievably dumb. Um, but I like it. Um, and are yeah, you pretty prepared?
2: good. I was going to say, are you prepared for the IMD- IMDB TV spinoff that's just made so they could have <sighs> less people there and, you know, non-union?
3: Yeah, no, I'm not happy about that. Um. I you know IMDb the branding maybe the only branding in terms of streaming service that's worse than Amazon Prime like it's Amazon owned Prime by the same people yeah Amazon Prime already feels like um you know you're watching on fucking Walmart TV or something IMDb is whatever is sub Walmart um fucking a uh, farm and fleet TV
1: <laughs> I gotta say um, I'm pretty excited <laughs> for this new show about Bosch starring all the people from Bosch uh. It sounds good to me.
3: No, but well, okay. First of all, you're canceled because it's all a scheme <laughs> to get out of paying union wages to people. <laughs> yeah,
1: I have heard that. That
3: sucks. So you are canceled for that. Yeah. Um And also, I'm pretty sure IMDb TV, you can't just pay for it and watch it. You have to watch it for free with fucking ads, which is hell. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's so they're, miserable. They're ruining Bosch, and Jeff Bezos should be, uh, you know, putting the stocks for this crime. Yes. You know i've
1: i've been to street M- mostly fight shows. this crime <laughs> right i've been to street fight shows and i thought kill jeff bezos was going a little far frankly but this no i draw the line here
3: yeah it's not right it's fucked up um i expect better of Bosch. i expect better of Matty. i expect better of j edgar um what and about money others. chandler Do you money, expect uh, it's money chandler uh has a has a hot storyline this year does she yeah, that's that's probably the thing I'm most interested in at the moment. So if you're, you know, Aaron, uh, if you're a, the, you know, enjoy the defense attorney's perspective side of things. It's finally starting to come around and pay off this season.
1: You could say I'm a money mark.
3: Hey, I think I will. <laughs>
1: Thank you. All right. If you want to know more about our thoughts on Boss, you can follow us on Twitter at everythingAEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate is at a Mike is at Fuji. Hey, uh, subscribe to the podcast. You just type in everything elite, whatever podcast app you use, hit subscribe. It's real easy. If it's the Apple podcast app that you use, give us a five-star rating and review. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do so, of course, is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. Shout out to all of the patrons who are uh, listening live right now. And you could do that every week. If you go to Patreon, subscribe uh, to the right tier, of course. All right, we'll kick this off. As is customary, I miss doing this. I mean, I didn't miss it at the time, but now that I'm doing it again, I miss it. Uh, so it's time for Elite or Delete. It is the part of the show where we talk about what we liked and didn't like from the show. Also, that's what we do the rest of the show. Nate, you're up first. What was your favorite part, your Elite pick
3: from this week? So yeah, pretty strong episode, I thought. Really no... Um. Well, we'll find things to, to delete. Uh, but in terms of the end ring, I was, I was pretty much enjoying all of it. Uh, I will give my elite selection to the main event, I think, because it most exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, I I knew this was going to be a challenge from jungle boy where he's valiant, uh, and he does his best and he's a plucky baby face and he gets a couple of hope spots in there. Um, But comes up short and isn't able to beat Kenny Omega. And maybe there's some hijinks with, you know, the the good brothers and all these other guys. Uh, But I really thought the crowd especially enhanced and heightened this match to a level um, where I got much more into it than I was expecting to. Uh, Very good crowd overall on this show, I thought. A total stark contrast to that episode a few weeks ago where Andrade debuted and everything just had a weird fucking vibe and energy the whole night. None of that on this show whatsoever crowd was on top of shit. they were hot for shit the the basically the first I don't know half of this match was Kenny doing pretty plain heat on jungle boy there was he was not doing a lot of exceptional heat spots. There was nothing where you were really like, "Oh yeah, no, that was some great action, but the crowd carried the whole first part of this match, I thought where. Kenny was beating him down and then Jungle Boy was just getting his little hope spots. And every time he did, the crowd fired up and they were so behind Jungle Boy and they popped instantly for his moves. And it really made it feel like a big world title match where something meaningful was on the line and they wanted their guy to win. And that was just (laughs) so novel to me in, you know, Major League American pro wrestling. Uh, And then as it got into later part of the match, it really started to pick up. They had you know, a, a, a whole bevy of moves and spots and ideas to go through. Jungle Boy had two different counters to the one Winged Angel, um, which, you know, I think meets that meets that little test for a match like this, where is there a moment when you think, oh, my God, There, you know, Jungle Boy actually is going to win this. Uh, and I don't know if I ever really thought that, but I did. I guess, I guess the standard I would apply is a reasonable person could watch this match and think, oh, Jungle Boy might win this. Um, so that was exciting. I enjoyed the match. Uh, I like Jungle Boy. The crowd obviously loves Jungle Boy. They went crazy for the snare trap move, uh, which is funny to me. Um, He's over, and this was hot. And uh, it was a, a really solid, you know, big title challenge for him. And I think next time they go to this, Jungle Boy's got to start being in the position where he starts winning these big matches.
2: Yeah, uh, the the big thing that got me in this match, and this is when it, it clicked from being a very good match to being a great main event and great title match, was when in the first snare trap. I don't know if you caught this, Nate, but out in like the back, from where they had the camera set up for it, you could see Jungle Boy's family freaking out that he locked in the jungle the, the snare trap. And at that moment, I was like, "All right, they did their job here." Like the big thing was to get the crowd to buy into. Jungle Boy having just a remote chance of winning this match. And they did so. And I thought that the work in this match was great. Uh, This really reminded me of one of my favorite match types. And that is the touring champion meets the local up and comer. And that's what this one had that vibe of. And Jungle Boy, it's interesting. We were talking about this in the Discord. For a guy at his point of his career and through his AEW uh, tenure, you would expect that his stronger performances would be in tag or trios matches, where like he's just not left all by his lonesome there. But no, he's really put together like this great uh, catalog of singles matches now, and this is just another one on that list here. And as you said, Nate, like the next time he's in these these positions, like now we are going like, okay, is Jungle Boy going to actually get strapped up here? Because it's clear now that. He has his deficiencies but they have they've shown a willingness to work around that but it's it's clear now that he's when we talk about like the big prospects that's when they started the promotion in january 2019 it was big about njf it was big about darby allen it was big about Britt baker it was big about jungle boy like he made his step tonight and it's going to be really interesting to see how they follow up with this because that that everything that they set out to do in this match, they accomplished. Now it's just what the follow through is. And that's why I feel like is kind of like the fun thing about when you watch like these like younger wrestlers is seeing like them progress and seeing like each time there's like a new task or like a new test to see if they succeed or fail. But this time it was unmitigated success. And this match absolutely was the best thing on the show tonight.
1: What's funny is I think this is a match long-time listeners, might expect me to come on and bitch about because Jungle Boy pushed Omega, uh, you know, to the edge, even though he's Jungle Boy and he's never beaten anybody. And I think the difference in this particular case is that Kenny Omega isn't the best bout machine in AEW. And this run as champion has not been about putting on these uh, big-time matches and, you know, destroying all the biggest people. He's, he's gotten by on hijinks and largely on interference and he has snuck through by the skin of his teeth in basically every match um so i thought it made sense here for a guy like jungle boy especially when they told the classic story of getting all his buddies out of there at the beginning of the match he's just got to go one-on-one with jungle boy and he had a tough time with him so i think that worked out and the story made sense i agree that it almost worries me how much the crowd liked jungle boy because it's like oh you've got to go with this guy now like it's time to actually elevate this uh this guy into a real guy a real player in your promotion and I hope that they will pull the trigger sooner rather than later
3: yeah I wonder where that lane is for him at this point like Mike said it's not like he's been uh you know anchoring a bunch of tag matches with his unit so it doesn't seem like they're gonna go you know, Jungle Boy winning the tag team titles with Luchasaurus or whatever. Um, But the, you know, world title and TNT title picture are very crowded with over guys who all seem like they, you know, uh should or need to have some run with one of those belts. So I kind of wonder what your, your next, your next way to elevate Jungle Boy is without, you know, letting him languish on the back burner for too long.
1: Yeah, because you haven't made the TNT title that thing, right? Like it's... It's established as a top title. Miro is a top guy. So you can't really do that. You're right about the the tag titles. Uh, so I, I don't know. That'll be interesting because they do have guys like Darby, like Jungle Boy, like MJF and Sammy that they got to figure out a way to make them important, even though it doesn't seem like they're the guys who are going to be winning these titles right now.
3: Yeah, right, Mike. I'm, uh... oh, I'm sorry. I'm uh uh was talking about Jungle Boy needs to go to go to Mexico and, and get some character as the you know, uh uh hot heart throb uh and come back with a with a refreshed gimmick or something. Um I would almost pitch maybe maybe you have Kenny lose the top title to somebody else and then you have him drop one of his other two titles to Jungle Boy. Uh you probably don't want to do it with the AAA title because – <laughs> uh, I, presumably he's going to lose that to uh, you know somebody in AAA uh, but I, wonder kid. If, uh, I wonder if you can get away with having him drop the impact title to Jungle Boy and then Jungle Boy can you know eventually lose it to somebody on impact
2: what about the real TNA World Heavyweight Championship
3: <laughs> that would be good um, well actually I don't know I wonder if the stink would come with it
2: I I, I think that's part and parcel at this point
3: the, the great
1: thing though about later having to lose the either title is no one would have any idea that it happened so if you just well, never mentioned it on on aw yeah.
2: before right. i i mean the plus side is that they could do a title switch to jungle boy with the AAA mega championship AAA would probably be like fine that sounds great when are you getting the title back and losing it to the guy that works for us so i mean they could they, they, they could pull a anoki backland if they really wanted to all
1: right what was your uh, favorite thing from this show Mike? i mean it sounds like this match might have been your favorite thing, but hit yeah, me with your yeah. next most elite pick.
2: Well, there's a lot of stuff on this show that I had a great time with. Like this was the now that they it's fresh T V, it's not pieced together from a taping from weeks before. Uh I think the thing that I really enjoyed in this and just like this one like instance was Tully and Conan. I felt like that Conan coming in. Like, well, like, yeah. There's way too many. Ma- like, there's an abundance of managers in this promotion, and adding in Conan, you know, that's just adding more to the pot. But Conan provided like a great promo in this thing, and a nice like counterpoint to what FTR was doing in their promos that they had last week. And I mean, hey, Conan, the one person who is bold enough to bring up mask car incarnation of people of color on national television in a wrestling show and getting, like, a babyface response for it. Like, it worked with this, and then, like, they, they had a real effective, like, bait-and-switch beatdown on him, and, I mean, I'm surprised that he took the shatter machine, you know? Or is that, well, is this the one that they they stole the move from uh, Raku, the Good Night Express? Yes, I think this their... is
3: now the Good Night Express. Well, it's no, not th- the Good it's Night
2: Express. No. now
3: the Big Rig. They named no, it after Brody Oh, that's Leo. right.
2: I thought the Big Rig is what they called the Shatter Machine.
3: The Shatter Machine, yes. This was this was none of those. The Shatter Machine became the Good Night Express, and then they immediately changed it to the Big Rig.
2: I, because they had to respect Raku.
3: Right, well, and then, right, yeah.
2: yeah. And more importantly, Bradley, but also Raku. But yeah, no, this segment was just, was really well done, and like the bait-and-switch, yeah, I mean, in AEW, there's been abundance of like these beat-down bait-and-switch kind of things here, but all the work leading up to it, and of course, Conan bringing up the fact of I I thought that Conan like was uniquely pointed towards Tolly, and I feel like it worked really well here.
3: Yeah, Conan killed it. I had no expectations for this at all. I was like, oh, fucking another FTR talk segment. Um, it'll be you know cool to see Conan or whatever, but his relationship with Proud and Powerful is not really clear. So that's you're kind of getting uh, muddied waters on that front. Uh, but then Conan came out and just cut like a fucking awesome promo um, that the crowd reacted to big. He had just a ton of content. He really kind of crystallized the story I think they were trying to tell last week with this, like, oh, you know, FTR and Proud and Powerful were from two different environments, but we, you know, kind of had these similarities and how hard life has been or whatever. Conan, you know, came out and was like, fucking underlined it and put a period on and is like, here's what this means. Here's where why proud and powerful uh you know knows this shit better than you guys here's why we're the fucking baby faces in this feud uh and he fucking clowned all the other old guys in this promotion who can't cut a promo and keep your interest and do something exciting and you know pop you and and all those other things he came out and he's like no here's what it looks like when a guy just fucking talks to another guy for four minutes straight and is interesting and exciting and gets you fired up about something um, so I was like, hell yeah, love that. <laughs> love to see Conan now. Um, Conan needs to get Vicky Rara out of this promotion. Conan needs to manage Andrade. Conan um, is the man. Uh, and then, yeah, the angle afterward, like it was <laughs> pretty obvious that it was FTR immediately upon them entering the arena and being on camera, uh, but you kind of didn't care. It was like, yeah, okay, I see where they're going with this. Uh, but Tolly totally did do the one good thing uh, that he was going to do in this segment, which is after Conan got, you know, dropped on his, on his head, did the big Conan booms. Uh, that was very amusing to me as a, you know, uh, previous Conan podcast listener.
1: Yeah, I was as you were, Nate, I was pretty skeptical of this happening, but it really took me back to. Like there's been times that I'm like, it's very funny that Conan was like one of my favorite wrestlers in the world in like 1998 or whatever. And listening to this promo reminded me exactly why that was because I didn't give a shit about like who could do moves or whatever. What I cared about was he was really cool and he talked in a way that was compelling to me. and That's all I cared about.
3: He did. His rolling clothesline was a cool move. Oh so yeah. so He did have that one good move. But yeah, no, you look back and Conan, uh, you know, gave Conan lent to the outsiders, like all of the, uh, what's the good word to use here? You know, they, they were cool, but Conan was like, no, you're like young and urban and cool. And that all came from Conan. Yeah, He was um, authentic. Yes. And they, the way they were. And uh, to quote Dave Bix's fan, they swagger jacked Conan, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they made it work. Cause you know, they're big charismatic superstars also. Yeah. Uh, but without, yeah. Conan is what really afforded the NWO and especially the NW Wolfpack, like that real contemporary coolness where it's like, no, this is of the time. This is today. This is modern and young, right? This is not, you know, just old, old guys being big and whatever from the other,
1: yeah. I, I was like, I was definitely, I mean, imagine what I looked like in 1998 in like Eastern Kentucky and I was hitting the Viva La Raza, you know? I mean, it was just, it was real to me. It was very serious to me. So yeah, but this was a reminder that the problem was at the end of this segment, I wanted to see Conan versus Tully. I mean, you know, and that's, that's concerning a little, but I
3: don't, I don't want to see that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they're the people who seem to have the, the real issue, but I think you're right, Nate, that, that, Conan was able to, I mean, he did say a lot of the same things that, that uh, Santana and Ortiz have been saying, but he like made you feel it in a
3: different yes. way. And that's, so, that's exactly what I discussed last week, which is these teams all have good content for this promo that they're trying to set up, but you're not the way that video package last week was edited together. You didn't feel any of it. It was all like, okay, I'm I'm reading lines off a. Of, uh, statue or whatever. Uh, whereas Conan is like, no, I'm, I'm Conan and I'm real and I'm telling you the truth right.
1: Nate, I was listening to the games, the documentary uh, the other day.
3: I did and... see you searching the game and I was like, why is he doing that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've been going through this uh top 250 hip-hop albums of all time list oh, i
3: was gonna say it's not on the rolling stone list is it
1: no i took a break after 250 rolling stone and then i wanted to listen to some more hip-hop and uh the game is like toward the bottom of this list uh-huh. and uh, all i could really think about while listening to it was your comment that mtr <laughs> is the game because of his uh repetitive lyrical content that was just you know name dropping other rappers yes. he wanted to be thought of like
3: I think that's one of my my best points ever made on this show. It,
1: it's my favorite for sure. I thought it was. I X-Men. did like.
3: I bought that album. I liked that album. Uh, I liked the the Kanye West song, and then the "Why You Hate the Game" the Just Plays epic. That's like a twelve minute song. Uh, I still listen to that from time to time.
1: It's. I mean, I've like dreams. The Kanye produced song. I've always loved that song. Yeah, but the album. He really says the exact same shit on like every song. Yeah. Like every song. He talks about how he got shot and how he went into cardiac arrest and how he's bringing back NWA and he he has to and say Dr. Dre. 50 Dr. Dre, easy E on every easy song. E. It's uh, it's a tough listen, the whole album in 2021, yeah,
3: for sure. No, you just need that one just plays epic for sure.
1: Uh, okay. I think I, oh, I'm
3: thinking of the wrong album. I'm thinking of the wrong album, aren't I? Um, I was thinking of the documentary. The song the... is called why you hate the game. Uh, Do you know the documentary?
1: documentary is the first one.
3: Um, the I doctor's ju- advocate. The doctor's okay, advocate. Doctor's that's advocate. the I'm thinking of. Yeah. Slightly he named different. his fucking album after Dr. Dre <laughs> and had no Dr. Dre songs on the album.
1: Yeah. That's classic. The game for you there.
3: Classic the game. Uh,
1: I think it's my turn now. Right. Uh, my elite pick of this week uh, is Miro as God's favorite champion. My my main takeaway from last week's Dynamite was that Miro needed to do like a, a prosperity gospel gimmick uh, where he just talks about why he's uh, highly favored. And that's, I mean, he was already starting to do that, but I wanted him to spread his wings a little with it and and go a little crazier. And this promo on this episode of Dynamite was insane. It was so good. I mean, uh, I think, Nate, you had the tweet of why doesn't he write Cody's promos? You're exactly right. He killed it. He he started off with, thank you, God, for making me so powerful and my hot wife so flexible. (laughs) I mean, how do you top that? So Mike and I were talking this morning. He's got to start coming out in uh, the crazy. Well, I mean, Andrade's kind of doing this, so maybe he can't do it. But, you know, he's got to do the crazy fits uh, where he just talks about how you know, if people just uh, believed in God more, they would be as successful as him. I think that would be a very successful heel gimmick for him. So I just I love it. Miro has been winning from day one, and he continues to win.
3: Yeah, um, you know his his first his first gimmick and his first fits were good, and he's only gotten uh, better and better dressed over time. Uh, the line that I excerpted on Twitter and just want to shout out again was he said, "Standing between a man a righteous man in his path is like standing between." Cleaver and the meat, uh, which is just I a a line so artful you never expect it from <laughs> pro wrestling. That that's that's not that doesn't happen in the in the realm of professional wrestling. Uh that was beautiful. Um and yeah, this reminded me of an old Mary J. Blige interview I read in probably Rolling Stone like 15 years ago, where the interviewer was like, Oh, you know, you're so religious and talk about God so much. And uh, also, like you are covered in diamonds from head to toe, and all this shit, and Mary J. Blige just like God wants me to shine, and that's Miro to me. God wants him to shine. Um, I I would never begrudge him all of his power or his outfits or his flexible wife. Um, he is the man, and I love every segment that he is in and every segment that he has been in.
2: I think that i first, I would like to thank Miro for giving us his testimony. You know, that was very nice of him talking about his walk with the Lord, you know, for our Lord and Savior. Uh, he's great. Like, well, just to further, like, camera home the point, what we need is Miro needs to get three-piece suits that are done in Gucci print. He's of have a giant crucifix coming out and really just ape Danny McBride from the Righteous Gemstones. That's right. I found another angle to say a Jody Hill show is related to AEW. So, yeah, no, this rock, Miro's the best. Miro's number one.
3: Do you, I want to hear Miro do an, uh, an I Love America promo. Um, <laughs> the the I, problem is I don't know. Like I guess he would be a heel while doing it, but I think I right. would come away with it going, oh, Miro makes some good points. I kind of like America.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, the, the one promo that we really need is we need him to do AT Aliens. Uh, this is my shit from Spring Breakers because I feel like that he could really put a nice spin on that if we just let him do a full line reading of that monologue.
3: And and Jeff Jarrett should be there.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's an MMA preacher. See, this all gets back together. It's all related to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
3: Our listener
1: elite from this week comes from Alex Ron Johnston. I don't know if it's the three names or if it's just because I spent a lot of time in Clearwater recently, but I always think about Scientology when I see Alex Ron Johnston. (laughs) Uh, Is elite pick the Brit promo burying Vicky for wanting to get in the ring with her? yeah any takers
3: To get vicky off the show i don't want to end the promotion
1: yeah i mean we need to uh shave vicky's time from the show and folks today's episode is brought to you by manscaped our go-to for men's below the waist grooming products and folks manscaped has a new product alert can somebody do sirens Nate, <laughs> yeah. it, that's a chicken, I think.
3: <laughs> I thought he was going to go to the to the take chopper and start firing that up. Okay, but no, no
2: it's the it's the br, br-, br- Yeah, did, did you not enjoy my reggaeton horn then? Yeah, like
1: uh, it was great. It's time to stop.
3: <laughs> Wouldn't have been my guess.
1: Drop and order this brand new shaving kit that Manscaped just launched. They're introducing the Ultra Smooth Package, a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. So, here's what you got in the Ultra Smooth Package you got a crop shaver, you got the crop exfoliator, you got the crop gel. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. You get 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. You just use the code this is. So, this is from The Legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer. Now they got the razor and set to get you trimmed front to back and side to side, I think I would say. Uh, So here's the deal. It's hard to shave your balls. I think everybody would agree with that. Uh, You got, I don't know. I haven't seen either Nate or Mike's balls, but if they're anything like mine, they're wrinkly. The hair is just hard to get to. You got to like, I don't know. You got to spread it out really to get them really close. Not it, it, a problem. It's a full
2: routine. It's a full routine.
1: It is not a problem with the ultra smooth package. It's three steps. One crop exfoliator. So after you wash yourself, you use this exfoliator. I've used this. It makes me feel great. I'm going to be honest. It reduces the risk of ingrown hairs. Then you use the crop gel. Uh, so you can really see where you're shaving with this unique clear shaving gel. That's just for your groin. It's got four essential oils. And then step three is time to shave. They got the crop shaver designed just for shaving the groin area. Three precision blades, extra wide lubricating strips. Uh, It's not your average razor. It's smaller, thicker with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. And all these products are vegan, cruelty free and sulfate free. So, you know, your manhood is in good hands. Uh, You got to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job. It's the ultra smooth package from Manscaped. You get 20% off free shipping with the code thisis at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code thisis at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. All right. Time to talk about the things we didn't like from the show. Uh, And I know this is a show where we liked more than we didn't like. But Nate, I'm sure there's something that you think we ought to kick off. And maybe it's Vicky Guerrero. You already referenced it.
3: Yeah, it's Vicky Guerrero. Um, <laughs> this was incomprehensible to me. I, the, the initial angle where they in, introduced Andrade to me was incomprehensible. I can't believe they fucked it up that badly. Last week, I deleted the Andrade segment, I think. Um, did I? Maybe I did. Uh, because it was the sit down and a with JR, which was, like, fine. It was Okay. Um, but didn't really do anything to fire this guy up after the absolute debacle that his introduction was. This week was maybe the worst of all four weeks that he's been in this promotion. He comes out <laughs> after one guy has been introduced for a match. Vicky does their stupid 15-year-old shtick that everybody hates. He, she's going to make an announcement. Andrade's standing there. The fucking next segment has already started. And then Matt Seidel is introduced. Matt Seidel brushes right by him. Mike Seidel stands there, gets in Andrade's face. And Dicky Andrade back down from the yoga monster. Mike Seidel. This, uh, this is dumbfounded. <laughs> it's incomprehensible. This is maybe the single stupidest thing that's happened on AEW. I, this, I, I don't know. What was the intent here? To remind you that Andrade's in the company. Th- they would To have make been much... sure that
2: Mike Seidel goes over.
3: Yeah, if this is a if this is part of the Mike Seidel push, then okay. But it seems like an expensive push for Mike Seidel. Um, I,
1: I have a th- I have a theory. Uh TJ Hawk texted me after, at the end of this segment with two words. Political hit. And I think. I've just decided this is payback for Andrade demanding creative control. Oh, motherfucker. You think you have better ideas than I do? Here are the shittiest ideas I could possibly imagine. You're done. Also fuck Conrad Thompson. I think it's also, there's some Conrad Tony Khan heat. Maybe it's a shot at him.
3: I I did. Honestly, I almost, I started to type a tweet that was like, are they trying to make Andrade look as bad as possible? Cause that's, what him not being on the show and not mentioned at all would have been better than what they did i cannot they made this guy fucking come to jacksonville for this imagine imagine you had to drive to jacksonville so you so you could stand on a ramp and then you could be like oh mike Slidell," and then you could turn around and and leave this uh I cannot you know most of the time I can I you know reason a pretty good guess of what I think they were going for on the show, like oh, here's maybe the thinking they were trying to establish this or do this other thing. I cannot even guess what the intent of this was. Are we supposed to think that there's actually a big announcement but it was it's so important and so big that when Vicky. Vicky can't, number one, <laughs> wait, <laughs> so Vicky can book whatever fucking match she wants, but she can't get a spot on the show to do a big announcement. Did Cody book all the spots for big announcements for the next year on Dynamite or something? <laughs> this is god awful. Um, I'm I'm mad about what they're doing with Andrade. Um, and yeah, you know, I was going to say, oh, you know, they should, they should maybe give the AAA title to Jungle Boy or something. Presumably, Andrade is going to win the AAA title. From Kenny Omega. I have to guess that's what AAA wants to do. And, like, what the fuck?
2: It's just, like, something that... It was so, like, disjointed. Like... All right we have this rematch from dark it was a really fun match on dark with uh with dante martin and matt Seidel. i was stoked to get this match and then like before even the match happened we had excuse me and it's just like didn't vicky guerrero when she first appeared in aew said she was dropping the excuse me and the cougar (laughs) act like like i i I, I don't remember her saying that uh
3: that does seem like a thing they would probably try to have done at the beginning of aew like hey The problem is, that's the only fucking thing she can do is say, excuse me. So you can't get yeah. away from that because then she has to fucking talk and promo and she cannot.
2: Yeah. And on top of that, like Andrade last week did a pretty solid job as much as one can for it. Just a pointless manager role to say, hey, look, I'm a third generation luchador. Vicky, of course is linked into lucha libre history we have a lot of connections we have a lot of things here so of course i'm gonna when i come into this company i'm gonna go to vicky Guerrero. like that makes perfect sense there but then you have this here and and nate pretty much hammered all the big points here i think andrade was just there so he can do his Jiro eichmann and show off that his jacket was embroidered el idolo on the inside because that was all, that was all he did That was all Andrade did. He came to Jacksonville to come out before the second match of the show and to show that his jacket was embroidered El Idolo. Like, that was it.
3: Do do, do they have data that says that Vicky Guerrero, like, drives viewership? Is that why she's all over the show all the time? Maybe, like, you could just, like, have Pentagon win matches instead, and then you'd have, like, a a, a Latinx star instead of... Putting Vicky Guerrero up and down the show to make every segment worse. Thoughts, Aaron? It's well.
1: What's funny to me is like the whole thing with Vicky. Like obviously, some part of it was they wanted to keep uh, WWE wanted to give Vicky money, which they could have just given her fucking money uh, after Eddie died, uh, since you know they killed Eddie, and but. It was a the whole thing was a rib on her like they knew she was bad and they put her on TV to put her in humiliating and embarrassing places and have her
3: at fucking edge and stuff.
1: Right. So I mean they were fucking with her the whole time. It was never that she was compelling on TV. People hated her and not in a good way. And so now they're just using the same uh act but putting it on TV like we're supposed to like it or or enjoy it. And it's never been something that was supposed to be enjoyed in any real way so it's fucking it's uh it's hard to understand i did find a quote from her she said this is before she started right when she started she had just done the first thing with nyla she says well and i have to remember too that i don't want to be the same character that was at wwe coming into AEW. it's time for me to reinvent myself oops (laughs) so i didn't like just make up something my brain she did say that she, yeah. she said that at least i couldn't find anything she's
3: she's doing bad bad idea from bad creative from 15 years ago
1: yeah uh i mean i know i do this like once a week so i'm just gonna have to start paying my patreon money to patrick cosmos but he made this joke in the discord which was andrade is somehow the only wrestler still on smackdown <laughs> <laughs> great bet great great joke so uh yeah i don't know but it sucks uh Mike, anything else you thought sucked from this show?
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot on this show that I really enjoyed. Uh, just the general MJF stuff, like in general, like MJF put Sean Spears up to do like the lamest looking chair shot with Sammy because to like put him out of their match next week, and then we had this brawl between MJF Spears and Wardlow and the remainder of the inner circle because we assumed that. FTR and proud and powerful are just out of the picture here. And just like NJS promo just got to a point where like, I appreciate a good solid heel promo and he has the capacity to have these promos, but it, since going to Jacksonville, I think an argument can be made that at least with his promo abilities, he's probably regressed the most out of someone not named Chris Jericho, which, hey, that's who he's been tied to for the last, like, six months. And and then that's this is all, like, to service that Sammy comes out. He does the big tie turn. He pretty much—he then shows how to do a good chair shot to Wardlow. Wardlow took a chair shot like a champ. And then Sammy did a good, like, 30-second promo sammy came out and said on wednesday this company finds out that they chose the r- the wrong guy i'm gonna show you why i'm the best ever and you know it like that's all he had to say sammy's not a, a tremendous promo but he hit his marks he hit the points and it was so successful you compare contrast that to mjf who just went meandering talking about how he beat up dina dean malenko and make comments about his parkinson's like it just is not an effective heel promo it's just like at a certain level like yes i know that like Hey, one of his tactics is getting the cheap heat wherever possible. But when that's all what you do as a heel promo, it's not cheap heat. It's the only heat you get.
3: Yeah, I think it was pretty much fine. Um, I like he called Alex Marvez pig vomit, and I actually laughed at that. Um, That was funny to me. I think mostly because it's just like he's not he's not doing the stuff that's like bordering on edgy or whatever he's like he didn't do alex marvez you're fat or alex marvez you have parkinson's he was just called them just the lowest possible thing you can be uh pig vomit so that that popped me um i don't know you know i i think what you said about the cheap heat stuff is not incorrect but that's also like central to his character and always has been so i don't really, I can't really take that as a knock at him. Like this is a guy, the character is like a guy who was raised and socialized and educated on WWF heel promos of the 80s. So like the cheap eat stuff is just like, uh, you know, central to his existence as a human being. Um, and I kind of, I kind of accept that as just what his character is. Like, his character is a guy who's just like, your sports team sucks, you're all fat, and you're poor. Um, and it's not, they're not Cheap Pete. It's like, no, that that's, I'm a Cheap Pete elemental. He's like, I'm, I'm the icon of Cheap Pete. I am Cheap Pete, given shape and form, and turned into a primal being that exists, fueled solely by Cheap Pete. Um, so from that, I, I think, looking at it from that perspective, it's like, you just kind of have to accept it, that that's what the MJF character is. Uh, and he's very consistent with this. That doesn't bother me. Um, I don't know what else he said. I laughed about pig vomit.
1: It's just the point of heat is to make me want to watch you have a wrestling match where you lose. And MJF doesn't do that for me. So uh, Yeah, well,
3: they're trying to elevate him to be the top heel guy, at which point, you know, he'll beat somebody and then he'll lose. He, he, so,
1: he did a line in this promo where he said... The Malenko so old the rainbow was black and white. That was corny. Yeah, I just, I just that's what I think. I think MJ's corny most of the time. Like, uh,
3: yeah, that's anyway. why I like that's why I liked Pig Vomit because it was like, it was real and it was grounded. Here's what I'll compare it to the um, god awful. Which one was it? Batman vs Superman movie that was painful to sit through and is worse than every Marvel movie, despite what people would tell you. Uh, just unbelievably dreary and stupid and ugly and bad. Uh, there's only one good scene in the whole thing. And that's where Jesse Eisenberg doing Max Landis as Lex Luthor goes and gets a jar full of piss and brings it into a courtroom and like calls, just like, it's like a jar full of piss. That's the only good scene of the whole thing. Cause it's the only thing that's like, has any sort of tactile real sense of being grounded and existing in reality and having like form and shape and not just being like CGI lasers shooting all over the place. Right. That to me is pig vomit. That's MJF being like, I'm I'm not doing cheap eat and calling you fat Marvez. I'm not doing cheap eat and saying you're stealing money and you're old and you're Tony Khan's friend or whatever. I'm just going to call you the lowest possible garbage that I can pig vomit. And that was good to me.
1: The only good joke about Alex Marvez tonight was the person who said Alex Marvez looks like he spends $70 a month on OnlyFans.
3: That was deuce. (laughs) Um, By the way. So you just shouted out a deuce tweet. Um,
1: I know. I know what I shouted out. I know what I'm doing.
3: um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. It It was $700 also. Fuck. $700. Either way. It was funny. Um, my delete i mean i i think i think Alec Marvez is a woke king for supporting the uh <laughs> fine sex workers of OnlyFans. fans sure. and i don't think people should stand in judgment of that that's what i think
1: i don't have any judgment of it for sure uh my delete i mean you guys picked the two things that were bad uh from the show i just want to talk about i hate i mean i'm sorry to do a, a mic here but i their editing is really starting to irritate me um they cut a lot we we used to talk early on this show about how AEW was the opposite of wwe in that way they would let shots linger and let you watch the match it's gotten worse and worse where they cut all the time they've started cutting on impact like wwe does which i really despise it's like just let me watch the fucking move they missed the major spot in the uh adam page uh, powerhouse hobbs match
3: Spinebuster buster spot yeah
1: yeah so just bad editing bad directing it's just it's becoming uh a harder to watch just like on its own you know the terms of like the actual television show show and uh you hate to see it
3: yeah i i almost want to do a tweet every time they miss a big spot because it does happen i would say at least three times for every show and i've refrained from doing that because it would just get obnoxious to read i think uh, but yeah, you know, once you start thinking about oh, they fucking missed that sh- spot, they missed that spot. Uh, and <laughs> if you watch it all with any level of attentiveness, you can feel it coming when they're about to miss a fucking spot. <laughs> yes. when yeah. When Brian Cage is chasing Ricky Starks up the fucking ramp and they cut back to the action in the ring and Adam Page is flying off the ropes or whatever and they cut back to Brian Cage and you can feel every fucking second they're sitting on Brian Cage too long and you're going go back to the spot go back to the spot and then they go back to the spot and it's halfway over and (laughs) I'm like I could call this show better sitting on my couch from home Um, and I've never directed a show in my life but you can just feel it coming and it makes you mad to see something coming that you can't stop and then it happens exactly as you thought it would uh, it's also not encouraging when this is their 600th show from Daily's Place and they haven't like solved, solved those <laughs> right. things where it's like, no, don't actually maybe don't shoot Chris Statlander's boop from directly underneath the corner where you can't see her signature move that she's doing. Maybe that's a stupid thing to do. Um, and now they're going to have to go do that in 1500 different arenas across the country. Uh, and that, that's, yeah, does not inspire a ton of confidence. They should have better direction.
2: Thank you all for finally understanding my plight. <laughs> And this is what happens, Nate. Just last week, uh, we were going, "Hey, it doesn't sound like that they ADR things in a wind tunnel with a cell phone anymore." No, they have to miss. Like, I feel like every match had at least one major, like, direction snafu, and it's and it's something that, like, yes, you are doing a different setup, but this is something that you have had issues with throughout the promotion. Like it seems like that I remember like oh they missed the spot here they missed the spot here, and the the fact that you're not focusing on that instead you're focusing on cuts on impact having as many as possible it's just not a pleasant visual experience it's just one of those things that you watch it and it drains you it's exhausting and you know it's one of those things that especially for something like Will Hobbs like that spine buster was his big spot of that match and they missed it because they had to show, as Nate said, it was like watching a car wreck in slow motion. Like You saw it coming with it, and it's just exhausting.
3: When they go back on the road, they're also going to do all these crowd reaction shots and sit on those a second longer and be like, no, you fucking missed the crowd reaction, and now sitting on it, you missed the spot.
2: Um, Keith Mitchell. I'm going to get
3: mad on the show every week.
2: Keith Mitchell, we get it. There's a crowd there. It's great to see a crowd. We don't need to see every single Jungle Boy sign. Like let us see his entrance, let us see him soak it in. Like like there was like a moment that like he was like visibly looking up to the sky before Kenny came out right. that like it would, might have been the longest shot that they had. For yeah. that match, because like they lingered on. I was like, you know what, this is nice, and you know, and this is where you'd be like, all right, we can all take moments like you know, he's probably thinking about like what all the steps that led to this, and like that's like a thing about like his dad, and it's like that's a cool moment. like like that's something that like as a fan, if if you're pay attention to the product and you keep up on things, you're like, okay, like that that's like a nice thing here. And with the way that they do, uh direction is something that that kind of moment should be happening a lot more, but instead he's like, you have this here and you kind of like grab onto it and latch onto it. Cause who knows next time that, that they're going to miss a spine buster.
3: I'm going to shout out one good shot that they did uh, just in the interest of being nice. And when they did the big spot in the Ethan page match, where the bear man uh, was doing a dive and then Scorpio ran and pushed Ethan out and took the dive for him. They shot that really well. They have the crane camera that they never use For that, and so we saw the entire spot happen organically, and the spot looked great. It was Ethan Page standing there. We saw the bear guy, you know, starting up his run for the dive. Then we saw the whole thing in one shot, where in the foreground Scorpio Sky runs over and pushes Ethan Page out of the way, and we see the whole dive happening in the ring on the other side of the screen. And it's like, oh wow, that actually it makes sense that Scorpio Sky went and pushed him out of the way and actually took that dive, like. The whole thing computes, and it's a very well-timed spot, and everybody looks good doing it. Um I want that level of attention to detail, fucking, throughout the show instead of for one spot.
1: Yeah, Mike, you made this point on light this morning, but I was thinking about it in more detail. It's just like you said—that's one of the problems of having a guy like Keith Mitchell, who's been around wrestling forever. You know, is that sometimes all the bullshit that's existed in wrestling forever is going to seep in. And that's one thing about AEW is like you got Tony Khan, uh, Cody, the bucks and Kenny originally as like the decision makers, right? Guys who haven't been making decisions in wrestling for the past 20, 30 years. And that was a real, uh, you know, shot in the arm to the production of this company with all that. But now it feels like as we go longer and longer, it gets more, like the wrestling that we've seen before we get more interference spots you know more angles more run-ins and it's like and more of this editing and more of that production and so it just it concerns you about the road that that we're on uh because they are getting away from like some of these fresher ideas i think and it's something
2: oh go ahead nate i
3: was yeah i think it's the reality of trying to write an original television show week in and week out and Tony Khan saying, Oh, you know, I'll do it all myself or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do the book. I'll do the stories. I'll, I'll plot out Conan's angles and AAA, a and I'll criticize Gato's booking. Um, and then it's like, Oh, um, yeah, no, it does. It becomes pretty easy to rely on a run in for a big reaction, uh, and, and a heel cheating finish interference yeah. on three matches in a row when you have to do this every week. Um, yeah, you you kind of have to be more conservative about things and be like, hey, let's have uh, a, a match with no interference, a straight ahead finish, um, and just like put some money in the bank so that when you do all these other things, they mean more.
2: Yeah, and just like one last thing, not to belabor the point, Keith Mitchell has been in the wrestling industry since the mid '80s. He started as a camera operator in WCCW in Dallas. The the fact that he is reverting to these tropes that people have called out for WWE production-wise over the last 15 years. I would say the last 15 years I think is a fair statement to say about the current production style in WWE. That actually scares me in a way because the fact that you have uh, Kevin Dunn, who I think is around the same age there, and these two leading the production for the top two promotions in North America, you're not having that breath of fresh air like that we were seeing at the beginning of the promotion like maybe it's something that gets someone who used to do the direction for espn games and have them be like all right take shot one take shot two i mean it's or have someone within the industry or outside the industry like come in and, and maybe not don't give them dynamite but see what could happen if you're not having someone who's been in wrestling for longer than all of us have been alive and it's gonna be like what's gonna happen after keith mitchell's gone well, it's going to be people who've been influenced that and like and doing a style there, and it's just going to perpetuate. It's going to self perpetuate unless they take a step back and realize, all right, these things here are not benefiting the experience we're trying to put on here.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wonder if that's a thing, like you know, Turner's like, hey. Uh, you know, <laughs> who's going to direct your show? Oh, it's somebody that has X number of years directing your show. Okay, good. We, we can be confident that'll right. look professional yeah. or whatever. That makes sense. But this is also supposed to be the young, hip brand that is not doing the thing the other companies doing all the time. Yeah. Um. So you know, I, I, I would like the, it, I would like it to look different. I would like it to look fresh, and I would like it to be. Uh, giving you angles and perspectives and 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 direction styles that aren't like all the other wrestling that we've always seen, like doing like, like a crane. Riptide wrestling would not work. Like Riptide shoots all their stuff in a way that would not work. But at least it's like we're going to do a different thing than every other company in the world about pro wrestling. Even like like half the fucking audience came from New Japan and watching Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in New Japan. Like I, New Japan doesn't shoot like this at all. Like New Japan is steady and wide uh and they let you watch the match and i i would be you know that would be preferable for me
1: oh absolutely yeah i've always whatever else you would say about the path new japan has been on the the way it looks is always great i mean it's a, it's an excellent looking product let's get into the rest of the show from this week it started out with marvez interviewing sammy Guevara as he walked in sean spears laid him out with the chair which he said was compliments of MJF. This led into hangman Adam page versus powerhouse Hobbs during the match. Starks brought out the FTW belt for Hobbs, you know, as they'd done for cage, uh, Kay, Hobbs was willing to take it. Cage came out, took it back forced Starks to run away, ripped Ricky Starks's clothes off to everyone's, uh, you know, great admiration and that led into the spot we were talking about. And then page one with the dead eye. That's the other really annoying thing about missing the spine buster is Hobbs was about to lose. And that was his big spot of the match to like sell that he could have beaten Adam page on this night, you know? So that's mm-hmm. makes it even more annoying.
3: Really good match though. Yeah. Um, well, I was very impressed by Will Hobbs in this match. Um, He's just, he's has great heel presence uh, and, yeah. It should be a future star. You know I mean? He's already like halfway there. So yeah, this was a, a really good start and open to dynamite And another one where it's like, well, it wasn't like, you know, blow away, kick out after kick out, after kick out, you know, young bucks tag special. Well, we're going to do a blow away match right off the top of the show and blow everything away. It was like a nice sound, uh, story match with two good workers, but just kind of let you settle into like, oh, this is good pro wrestling on this show. Um, and also, they did do a nice story. Uh, VOW was talking about, hey, you know, when Adam Page had his first match against Brian Cage or whatever, uh, in a very similar context against the Team FTW guy uh, and Team FTW, you know, beat him and upset him and sort of derailed his title challenge here in the exact same circumstances – you get some nice continuity, a nice little story where it's like, that was the, that's where we were. And now Adam Page has developed. He's come along uh, because, also because of what Brian Cage is doing and, you know, turning face or whatever. Uh, Adam Page is making forward progress because he didn't fall in those same traps. He came out of this with a win. Uh, so, you know, you see that they're now building Adam Page back up for that world title challenge.
2: Yeah, no, this match rocked. Uh, I felt like this is one of Hobbs's best performances in the company, and I thought that Page like always was very strong in this match and uh yeah this was like a really solid solid opener and even with how much interference was throughout the show i felt like this was pointed interference it was done in a right way and it led into the finish in a way that you know did not necessarily yeah it did kind of like kind of blow back like most of the interferences on the show blew back on the heels Like, did y'all notice that most of it has been like the heels, like the only one, the only heel that I think won by interference was Ethan Page. All the other heels, you know, uh, you had Hangman Page was able to kind of deal with the failed distraction there. Uh, The Bunny uh, messed up with their interference. And then Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy. Well, we had someone there helping out there. It was the Lee Hunter, Frankie Kazarian.
1: (laughs) Which means I think that there was interference in every match on the show.
2: No, not uh, Matt Seidel and uh, That's true. Don That's true.
3: Yeah. I, I think they think that they can I think they think it's not a problem or bad if the interference doesn't lead to the finish, which I think is correct. Unless you do it every single time. <laughs> every <laughs> match is on every what show. They do. <laughs> yeah. Like if yeah. you if you do interference in the middle of the match and then the match goes on, then you can finally be like, okay, there was a story element before, and now we have the real match and the real finish. Or if you have, oh, the heels interfered, but it didn't cost the baby face of the match. They won up to them. I think my my opinion of their perspective is they're like, oh, that's not a that's not a match interference, cheating finish, because uh, it didn't go the heels way or whatever. Which is true if you do it once per show and not three times per show. Right? Shit.
1: Once per month. I mean, once, Jesus yeah, once a yeah, month.
3: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Once <laughs> per month, but even once per show would be better than yes, you know, three times per show.
1: Yeah, I, I saw, I can't remember what, it was some VOW tweet. And uh, I think Joe had said, so it was about the Christian things like, oh, there might be an angle coming after the match. And somebody replied, there's an angle after every match. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I cool. will. Uh, I want to shout out Joe for uh, uh, finding his one criticism of AEW, which is, of course, something we've talked about a lot. Uh, about just going to the back immediately after every big angle. They did the big angle with Conan and then they just cut to the answers and cut to the back. And it's like, no, let it breathe. Can we see Conan trying to recover? He's an old man, got dropped on his head. He's had many surgeries. Like, let it breathe and let it sink in. Everything is just angle, 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 angle.
0: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: Then we got a video segment about the Jungle Boy versus Omega match. Uh, this was on Road Two, excellent segment. Uh, we had Jungle Boy talking about the crowd response, getting him over the top of the Casino Battle Royale. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Jungle Boy being a prospect, reaching his pot- potential sooner than expected. And then the story of Omega was how he's become more unhinged and egotistical, how that might come back to bite him. Uh, and, you know, the, the idea here was giving us some doubt that Omega would be able to uh, to be Jungle Boy, giving Jungle Boy you know some viability. Uh, as a challenge, and of course they pointed out that on the last Saturday Night Dynamite, Brody Lee won the TNT title in a somewhat surprise by beating Cody, and so, you know, could lightning strike again, but excellent video.
3: I uh, I think there was a lot of talk on late this morning about how they should put this on the show, and then they put it on the show. Any May may culpas from you guys on that?
1: No, I think Mm -hmm. what Mike said was they should have put it on Dynamite last week, which I, I stand by, Mike's point.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, no, it's good they put it on this week, should have been on last week.
1: But it it was good. So I'm glad they did. Um, A Young Bucks pre-tape was up next. uh, And the text of like what I'm about to read you cannot capture (laughs) what this pre-tape was like. So they're saying people say the Young Bucks are overrated. We're the longest reigning tag champs in company history. They run through all the people they've beaten. Now they're going to beat Eddie and Penta because that's not even a real tag team. Now this was a truly great segment that you just can't understand from what they talked about but nick jackson is has somehow become the more charismatic young
3: <laughs> it's the it's the hair dye it's the beard dye it's, it's insane something.
1: uh sarah was mentioning uh the danglies she was uh very mm. interested in the danglies and uh how nick jackson was like has gone crazy and I'm like, yeah, it's all great. Brandon Cutler was trying to uh, clip in, and they wouldn't okay. let him. You didn't I mean, ja-
3: the Nick Jackson uh, uh, cackled like a bird very loudly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, this, I mean, this is the highlight of the. It was almost the highlight of the episode to me. Uh, yes. is that the the resurgent charisma, Nick Jackson. Uh, looking dead on to camera with a wild man's eyes. I, I'm, this FL, It was halfway to Macho Man Randy Savage. He looked like a crazy person. He did giant caca bird noises for no reason. And I loved it. it I mean, he's Randy Savage. He was great. He was great. It just was also, so good. Brandon Cutler is like, they don't want him to talk, but he does get in there with one good note, and they're like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, and then he's like, he pumps his fist. He's like, yes, I, yes. I got one in. The, the uh, only I, thing, I love that. Great crony. The only thing I wanted
1: them to do differently there was when Nick was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Then I just wanted him to say that line. Like, <laughs> as if Cutler had not said it. That
2: would have been perfect. Yeah. Just... This is it, it's something that like they they've done it again. They found like new manic energy that just works so well across it, and you know that that they have taken the idea of they look insane and have made it into a character choice, and it's <laughs> become one of the more entertaining things on TV. Oh, it's yeah. Great.
3: I I I'm I might wa- I'm gonna watch it again after we're done taping, just because uh, Nick Nick Jackson I think found his mojo when he started doing the merch freak on BTE which is where he was like Chris Angel Mind Freak, but about selling Young Bucks merch. Uh, and he would, do, he would do magic tricks and look like a, like a weirdo at the camera and be shirtless and like waving around Young Bucks dollars. Um, and he's, he's channeled that, I think, into his new Bird Call, Randy Savage character.
1: Yeah, but it, um, it had all been really good. But I think what led to that great tape tonight was learning that while the Young Bucks themselves were vaccinated, uh, Sasha Banks was not <laughs> vaccinated. I think that's really what, what pulled him over the line.
3: Yeah. No, I'm, I, I, I'm, you know, I love the Young Bucks. I don't care. They're, so they, they continue to surprise and just be very entertaining.
1: Yeah, they're great. Uh, and then we had the Tully Blanchard and Conan segment that we talked about. And then Matt Seidel versus Dante Martin with the uh, Andrade thing that happened. And then Seidel won this match with the Lightning
2: Spiral. This was a great match that sadly everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, Andrade uh, had his thing that just made no sense. But, you know, uh, Dante Martin is great. And especially when you consider like how young he is and how little he's been in the industry and you see him doing this stuff now. Like, I know that, Nate, you pointed this out, but I know this is in picture in picture. They they had this this spot where it was Dante Martin near the corner was on the outside and then Matt Siddell did like his slice leg lariat through the ropes and caught him with it. That was just insane. Like this match rocked. Like if it wasn't for, I would say actually with the exception of the main event, this was my match of the night. I thought that this was tremendous stuff.
3: Yeah. I was leaving this one for you to pick as your elite, Mike. I I thought this match was really good. Um, They, they had a bunch of just like fresh spots that you don't see in every other match. And uh they had you know executed them all with like perfect perfect chemistry and they all made sense in the context of the match and uh somebody said it on on twitter maybe it was Akuma talking about how they also had all these different pin traps and pinning attempts coming you know logically from these cool spots that they were doing uh but they all looked like they were struggling in every single pin you could see you know the legs legs stressing against the other guys they were trying to trap the legs for a pin and everything and it just uh you know, made for a very exciting match, even in the sort of in-between moments. Um, so yeah, this rocked. Uh, don't you? You, you want to see something come from this? Uh, I don't know what does, uh, but it, it's also kind of cool that they were like, "Oh, Dante Martin and Matt Sydal had a great match on Dark. Uh, they deserve to be able to do that with an audience on on TNT or whatever. That's a cool thing you can do in this promotion, and it's cool that they they did it."
1: jungle boy was backstage he says it's going to be the biggest match of his life christian comes out he agrees with jungle boy uh, but tells him not to just be happy to be in the spot you should be pissed off because some people think you don't deserve it including kenny omega and encourages him to uh, shock the world again very funny that you know we've talked about especially mike that jungle Boy's not a good promo they literally gave jungle boy one line in this <laughs> promo well and then he said thanks to christian at the end i was going to point out nate i don't know if you saw uh, when i tweeted this out but there was a story about jungle boy that i saw earlier today he said every time they ask me to do promos i kind of duck and run away so i don't have to a lot of people give me advice here and there uh actually our producer jess palumbo has helped me a lot because she's there all day filming people when the time comes to buckle down and get good at it there are a lot of people who will be able to help (laughs) Very funny. Yeah, no,
3: I, I relate to that. that. That puts him more over in my mind because I'm also avoidant <laughs> of my problems. Sure, um, I, I get that. So, uh, more power to you, Jungle Boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think they're doing a good job of uh, making his you know his dialogue in these little skits or whatever is very functional, and you don't have to you know try to play above his head and have him cut flowery miro promos about cleavers and meat. He's just like, no, nah, I'm just. I'm just who I am. I'm just here trying to be a babyface, face, do my best or whatever. That's all you have to do.
1: And Mark Sterling was backstage with Jade Cargill. He says they finally reached a deal with Shop AEW, and they have a 10% off deal for Jade's new t-shirts. I think they said she had two. Uh, and then Mark says, you know, look at this boring, dark order shirt. He tries to rip it, but he can't do so. Uh, Jade takes the shirt from him and rips it because she's that bitch.
3: Great little segment. We love this pairing. Uh, I love the, the like the sycophantic energy that smart Mark Sterling brings to all of these, where he's just happy to be there. Um, It's they're a great pairing. I also, this is obviously like was plotted out and written, but I like to imagine that this is a product of Jade Cargill being a great worker where she took the shirt from him and then let him finish his promo then did her own promo, then ripped it because she's a fucking worker and she knows how to put an exclamation point on it. Uh, Yeah. Good segment.
1: Next, we had uh, Alex Marvez with MJF and Spears and Wardlow. We talked about uh, this whole segment. Sammy coming out on top at the end, building to their match for next week. Then Miro was backstage, and he did uh, the God's Favorite Champion promo. Uh, This is – I missed this somehow. Did you you skip the whole angle?
3: What happened? What did I skip? Did you skip the whole uh, in-the-ring angle with Sammy, or did – you just said that. Yeah, I mean, I I talked about it a little bit. The only thing I want to say is what I said on Twitter is that – they're, like Sammy is now the the focus of this feud, like yeah, the, the and and they even like <laughs> I said before the stinger on his music is just his name, and it's like that's when you like Jericho comes out, gets a pop from the crowd, but no no music, no big entrance, no to do about Jericho, but Sammy Guevara gets the big hero's entrance. So I think you know a worse wrestling company would still just be pushing Jericho, pushing Jericho, pushing Jericho, and like you can see a concerted effort here to be like, okay, now we're gonna elevate Sammy out of here. The
1: thing about it is though, Sammy needs to win this match. And oh, I am not confident to. that's gonna happen. Yeah,
2: mm. but, because at this point, if Sammy does not win this match, like you can't say like, oh, he got the penfall in the uh Steam Stampede match as like this big thing. And when I was after the, the uh big car fall, like he needs to be able to take the big step forward and it needs to be uh MGF's already made that big step forward. He's already made. Like, Sammy Guevara, like, we keep on saying, like, is he a made person? Is he going to be, like, the focal point here? But he needs to win next week, I feel like, for that long-term development.
3: I think it would be good if he wins. I think, realistically, if he loses, we are going to be like, he should have won that, he should have won that, he should have won that. And then, like, three, three weeks later, they'll have done some other angle and, like, put a big spotlight on him or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, I don't know, I think they got it back with Sammy. I think that's realistically what will happen. Uh, what he should have done is he should have won the fucking feud against Matt Hardy eight months ago.
1: I will say that they had Sammy so hot when there was that like thing of him breaking off of inner circle. And I thought they'd lost it then. And he was back hotter than ever tonight. So uh, they certainly, the AEW crowd has certainly shown a willingness to like get back behind people. Uh, so you know, maybe right. it's not as big of a concern as, as I think it is, but sometimes you just, I'm just always concerned. You're going to miss, you know, when the iron is hottest.
3: I think um, wrestling fans desperately want people to be stars because there haven't been new stars in so long. I think wrestling fans desperately want to get behind young guys and have young guys that they can point to and say, that's our star, that's our generation, we're coming up. I think they are going to give so much latitude to this company to uh, get people over and have people be stars and make the right decisions. You ha- I mean, you know, you look at the other promotion – It took at least 10 years to break the audience and and until they were totally toxic and had turned against them and forgot what wrestling is supposed to be and forgot what stars are. Uh, It it takes a very long time, I think, to break that natural inclination of wrestling fans to want to support the guys they like.
1: Uh, Then we had Miro backstage, and we talked a lot about this promo without pointing out that it's building to a match with Brian Pillman Jr. next week.
3: Yeah. Well, Uh, that's not the focus. That's not, you know, that's secondary. He's (laughs) going to beat Brian Pillman. It's fine. Whatever. Yes,
1: but it's, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm pro Brian Pillman Jr. So I'm excited about this little, little push for Brian Pillman. I
3: personally, I couldn't throw my weight behind anyone who stands in the path of God's favorite champion.
1: I mean, that's, that's a fine point.
3: Who can Uh, stop the path of mirror?
1: Ethan page versus bear Bronson was next. And Ethan Page won with the Ego's Edge. The 9 o'clock match, folks. Ethan Page versus Bear Bronson. Uh, the after worst the match,
2: match on the show.
1: Yes, it was bad. After the match, Page said, he's not done with Darby. He's going to be the nail in Darby's coffin. And he challenges Darby to a coffin match for Road Rager.
3: So I think everybody expected a big angle here because it was the 9 o'clock match for the individual match that made the least sense being like a pushed thing on this show right this is like okay you've got ethan who's in a good angle with darby and this uh, you know undercard tag team that just came from dark uh but yeah then there was no no bit, and there was no sting return here um i guess you got a big challenge but yeah this was a curious choice to put in this spot Yeah, so it felt
1: like they were building this program in like a very sensical way uh, that I was into, even though I don't really care about Ethan Page. I was like, all right, we're going to get there to like a cool match. And now this feels like an insane escalation of of the program that was going well so far.
3: Yeah, it feels like they're they wanted to hotshot a big match to get more tickets in Miami is what it felt like.
1: Yes, I I hadn't I don't know this, but somebody I think said in the Discord that the t- tickets are not moving very well for the Miami show, which seems like a surprise. No, well, it's not su- Miami, yeah, not
3: not a surprise. Miami is bad fan culture. Uh, also, they've been running Florida for seventy weeks or whatever. True. If That's you're really true. a hardcore AEW guy, you've probably gone up for a pay per view or two or three. <laughs> right
1: uh we got the brit promo she's mad at vicky but she'll send her home with a prescription vicky cuts a promo nyla's coming for the women's title i just vicky's involved in this i just i just can't i give a shit about it even though i'm high on brit and nyla
3: no yeah it kills the angle she's got to get off the show i have to uh, uh, you know i have to excise my vicky Guerrero demon or something so i stop saying that on every show but
1: Chris Statlander versus the Bunny was up next. Chris won with the Big Bang Theory. After the match, you know, the women's division is so important that after the match, they did an angle that didn't involve any of the women. Uh, Blade attacked Orange Cassidy. TH2 came to help. Blade retrieved brass knuckles that Orange took from uh, the Bunny during the match and hit Orange with them.
3: Also, the finish sends it around the men. Yes, also true. I guess that's probably like their... They think, oh, well, you know, we don't think our audience cares about the women's matches Mm -hmm. as much. Uh, So we're going to try and prop up the division by putting our big star, Orange Cassidy, in there. You know, I can see their logic on that. Um,
2: But it doesn't create stars, though. Right.
3: It's just like a big, a whole problem with this
1: promotion is... A lot of self-fulfilling prophecies is like, okay, if you treat it that way, that's how it's going to turn out. Also, if you chase ratings constantly instead of trying to try new things and build new things, the same shit is going to be the stuff that pops the ratings. Like, that's how it's going to happen forever. So
0: it's
1: just kind of it's frustrating. Uh, QT Marshall is backstage with Tony. He was mad that Brock Anderson won the TNT Wrestler of the Week last week. Uh, Tony asks him about the upcoming match with Cody. QT says he's here on dynamite doing the work, unlike Cody, and he hopes Cody gets cast in a superhero film, 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 and goes away. All right. I didn't pronounce film correctly the first time, so I just wanted to make sure I stuck it in my brain. Brian Pullman Jr. is backstage. Uh, He says, it sounds like Miro has a Messiah complex. Uh, Yeah. Are you listening, Brian? Come on, buddy. Hey, I was
3: I, Brian Pillman Jr. knows what a messiah complex is. And I was impressed. That guy seems dumb.
1: Maybe Miro wrote this promo for Brian Pillman. Uh, and Brian says, But you just want to pick fights you think you can win. I mean, I think that's the point, frankly, Brian Pillman Jr. He says, Well, I've got a complex too. I was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Very strange line from Brian Pillman. He's going to put Miro's ego in check. That was it.
2: He had his own unique fit wearing a Mesh champion football jersey. Yeah. He, uh,
3: he posted a selfie earlier and Sean Ross Sapp was in the reply saying, I'm jealous of the outfit, to be honest. That's all. Would would love to see Sean
1: Ross Sap in this outfit.
3: <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, what you're jealous of? We're all jealous of the body because he's got like a super Adonis body or whatever. So it doesn't right. matter what he wears.
1: Yeah. Try it out, SRS. Let's see you post it. Post that fit. <laughs>
3: D T F.
1: That's right. Uh, Eddie and Pentagon were backstage with. Oh, I meant to do. I forgot to do a, a listener uh, delete, and it was from <laughs> our listener.
3: <laughs> uh, so long ago, it was a day ago.
1: Yeah, Danny H, who said Alex Abrahantes with Pinta and Kingston uh, was. Yes, thank delete. you,
3: thank you, Danny H. Yeah. By the way, if you fucking reply to me on the account where I say get rid of Alex Abrahantes, and you're like, no, I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> So be aware. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, it's fair. Nate mostly deals with the with the Twitter account, so I uh, have to, you know, let him do what he. You know,
3: if, if you're going to reply to that, you need to provide a proof of your Patreon purchase that you're an eight dollar subscriber. Otherwise, <laughs> mute. Nice. Uh,
1: Eddie says you you took people out in wrestling. I take people out in real life. You only care about your egos, the titles. Like are...
3: fucking Eddie standing anywhere in proximity of Alex Abrahantes hurts Eddie. Eddie looks yeah. less cool standing <laughs> next to Pentagon Jr. because his fucking goofball is on the end of the screen. <laughs> I mean, what? He looks insane.
1: <laughs> I've never heard Nate so fucked up about anything. <laughs> He's so <laughs> mad about <laughs> Alex Operante.
3: You, you put all this money and investment and Eddie Kingston, the coolest fucking guy in your promotion. And then you got him over. At Alex Operante is in his shiny jacket.
2: Well, I mean, he is too fat.
3: <laughs> if he true. was doing he would be better doing a racist gimmick
1: is the truth. <laughs> okay, now let's that's the truth. Let's stop with things we can't take back. I mean we don't have to call we don't have to name call.
3: What? How's that a name call? <laughs> he would he would be more interesting if he was doing a racist gimmick where he's an Arab
2: sheik. That's the truth. <laughs> All right. Which suspiciously Uh, has been erased from the internet. Interesting.
1: Uh, The main event, Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy for the men's world title. Uh, The elite hunter, Frankie Gazarian, played an important role. Omega won with the one-winged angel. After the match, Omega went to attack Jungle Boy, but Christian made the save. Matt Hardy and the Hardy family office attack. Christian almost gets the kill switch, but the young bucks sneak up from behind and super kick his ass. And uh, all the heels celebrate together.
3: And they do big, they do big tear faces and Matt Jackson does his fake crying. Uh, And then (laughs) what was it? One of the fuck, one of the young bucks was doing like the Jeff Hardy thing. and was trying to get Matt to do it with him. Uh, And Matt like started to do it with him, but the fucking director missed it. Uh, It was, it was a good, fun little heel sold. All
1: right. Uh that is Dynamite for this week. If you enjoy our show, the best way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite. We got three tiers. Sign up for any of them. Uh we didn't have a, a bonus show last week because, well, there's a lot going on. So we brought you an extra long edition of light to make up for that. And we put the uh this episode live for the five dollar subscribers too. So congratulations. Uh, we're excited for everyone. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, we'll have more bonus content coming up soon. We also have a Discord. Join that. It's almost the end of the month. We'll have new stuff in July. The whole Patreon changing in August, just so everybody knows. So get excited for that. Uh, all new content coming in <laughs> August. Uh, Patreon.com slash everything elite. That's it. Next week on Dynamite.
3: I really played myself getting all fucking fired up at the end of the show.
1: You did. You did. It's all right. Next week on Dynamite, uh, the main event, MJF versus Sammy Guevara. The TNT title, Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. Britt Baker and Rebel will take on Nyla and Vicky Guerrero. I'm excited for Nate to (laughs) respond to that match. Uh, And then the Bucks will take on Penta and Eddie with Alex Abrahantes. Uh, So I'm starting (laughs) to get worried.
3: Thoros in the chat is saying... I'm neutral on Alex. I do not accept neutrality on Alex. If you, are, <laughs> or if you are neutral, you are abetting Alex Abrahantes, and I will not have it. I need negativity on Alex Abrahant.
2: I have to say, <laughs> Dynamite next week looks okay. I'm really excited to talk with Nate afterwards.
3: <laughs> yeah. It looks like a good show, I think, except for the Vicky Guerrero match, which I hope is a swerve. Uh, if it's not a swerve, and it's just they honestly, th- this is their data indicates that, uh all the attention and as far as women on the show goes to Vicky Guerrero. Um then they have to th- throw out the data. They have to get a new audience because it's not acceptable.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, um that's what's gonna be on dynamite next week. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll be live, so sign up for the eight dollar tier and uh listen to us live on the show next week, or you get the replay. Forever, for the rest of your life. You can go back and listen to the live version. And this episode, you're not going to know this if you're listening to this on our podcast feed. But there was a big malfunction in the middle of the show. And you'll never know that if you weren't listening on uh, the live feed. So,
3: Or unless you listen to Aaron saying it just now.
1: Yeah, but you didn't get to hear it happen. You know, (laughs) this is like this is a tease for well, I got you even, can't hear. even
3: the patrons are, are missing out cuz the real action was mike doing like throat cutting uh, <laughs> motions at us like oh, it's dead it's dead it's in. I was like mike if it's dead then why can't we talk why do we need to stop
2: you, you no, can't I talk because mike... we were going live
1: okay no, i think mike was that's... saying he was going to
2: kill me for fucking up the stream i think as well. Yeah. i mean I, i'll pull back the curtain the reason why i did the throat cut was because the way that OBS works is it pulls the audio directly from our podcasting uh, web platform. So no matter what, how you were talking, even though it wasn't being recorded by the platform, it was getting picked up by OBS.
3: Okay. Well, but why do I care? <laughs> what <laughs> difference does it make if it gets picked up by OBS? I, I think you're just saying the live tr- listeners could still hear it. Okay, well... That's fine, right? Isn't that what we're we're giving them? We yeah, want them to we, hear the we didn't yeah. start
1: saying, "God, I fucking hate these patrons." As soon as <laughs> right, so I'm that
3: been,
2: sorry. See, then I tried it, to my... that to air professionalism here.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it, I appreciate your apology. Please avoid that in the future. <laughs> Please avoid
2: being professional in the future.
1: All right, uh, if you want to know more about our internal squabbles, follow us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron like the car. Nate's at Epitasis. Mike's at Fuji Heya. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating and review. Uh, The best way to support the show, patreon.com slash everything elite, or go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code. This is, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Get the ultra smooth package. Shave your balls. All right, for Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week.
3: Shave your balls.